Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bucknuts Happy Hour, a second Bucknuts Happy Hour of the week because our scheduling didn't work out great last week, so we did one early in the week. We're doing one here later in the week. First of all, let's get to the important stuff. I'm drinking a garage beer. I'll have more on that in just a second, but uh, that's the beer of choice for today, for today's happy hour, so... Cheers to that. It's uh, a Friday afternoon as we're recording this, so I feel okay having having a tall boy here. Today we're going to talk some Buckeyes, as always, as we head into the final weekend before Ohio State football begins. We're going to talk about this defense 
pretty extensively here in just a second. And then I'm going to get into uh, some of the things I'm looking most forward to for this season. And then if you have any questions that you're still wondering about, and I'll bring this up again uh, about the Buckeyes, throw them in the chat here. I've got a couple that were, were posted on the website on Bucknuts. But if you have any questions about the team, you're still wondering, you want some answers to, throw them in the chat. I'll try and get to as many of those as I can near the end of the show. But let's get to it. Let's bring in uh, the guys I brought with us to talk about the defense in the happy hour. We've got uh, Timmy Hall from 97.1 The Fan and uh, the man who really, I think, can give us the most insight on on this defense, Buckeye National Champion Tyvis Powell. Guys, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this with me. You guys just got off the air, didn't you? Tim, put your hand down. <laughs> you, you, you're good, Tyvis. You're good, you. Oh, I get this, man. Tim is Tim is hilarious. Yes, me and Tim just got off the air. Uh, filled in for Rothman and Ice. It was a great show. <laughs> Rothman, <laughs> Rothman and Ice. Anytime you are with Tim, obviously it's gonna be a fun show. Yeah, I'm oh, just. Yeah. I, I don't get to drink right now, so I'm just going to pretend to be drunk so I can have more fun. You, Look, Tim, you, I moved this to 4 p.m. thinking you'd be able to leave the station, go home, crack open a beer. You stayed at the station to record this, which you know probably is a good idea, but Tyvis made it home. What, what, what gives? Well, doesn't that sound lovely? <laughs> lovely, right? More work to, fl- to fly out of the studio. The second <laughs> it's three o'clock. Well, some of these, some of these things had to get done before the weekend hit. Tim, no, it's all good, man. Tim, you know what the difference? You know what the difference between you and I is? You, <laughs> yeah, you're I do. off. You're you off think. this weekend. I have to work tomorrow. So stop it right now. Cut hey, it out, Tyvis. Tyvis is he was telling us about his Browns game days. Ooh, me. I mean, it's it's fun. Don't get us wrong. Like, I mean, Tyvis, I think you're doing this because you love football and you want to talk about it. But Tyvis lives in Columbus, so he has to physically get up there. He's not doing some kind of remote like a lot of broadcasters are able to do right now for hopping on shows like that. But he physically goes up there and it's you're it's pre and post game. So you're looking at a. Like a chunky eleven a day. hour day, full day. You know? as, full I day. Was, as I was talking to Tyvis about Timmy before you joined, before we start recording, Tyvis is one of the more busy man men in in sports right now. And as he said, it's about to get a lot busier. So yeah, look, I, I'm just happy we were able to get you on this probably for the last time before uh, yeah. you know next off season. Yeah. Big Ten Network guy. Yeah. Don't forget about that. He's going to yeah. be. Tyvis, you, you got to be excited, man. Tell them, tell them for the people that don't know what you're going to do for BTN. I will be doing the tailgate show. You know, you catch me on the Big Ten tailgate show, 10 to 12 every Saturday, except for October 7th and October, I mean, in November 24th, which is the week of the game, by the way. Um, yeah, me and Mike Hall to get up in there and we'll visit all of the campuses, whatever one that we're at. And we'll talk a little bit about the game, but most importantly, we will have fun interview guys. It should be a wonderful time. Yeah. That's a fun show. I like that they do that. And I like that you're going to get a chance to be a part of that. I think it should be, as I texted you when they announced it, I think it's going to be fun for you. 
Um, plenty of lemonades, I imagine. On the- <laughs> oh, yeah, I can I can afford the fancy one. You know, maybe I'll right. get that purple one somewhere. <laughs> Organic right. lemonade. Yeah. All right, let's dive into this defense because last year, Jim Knowles, that new staff comes in. And look, I think it's fair to point out that this defense did make a jump, right? In total defense, they were number 14 in the country. Scoring defense, number 24. Pass defense, number 26. Rush defense, number 26 nationally. That was a lot better than the year before. What wasn't better was those those matchup games, as Ryan Day calls them. Um, They won most of those games, but the two that stick out, obviously, are the Michigan game, the Georgia game, when Buckeyes lose. Defense certainly culpable, maybe not the whole blame that's been thrust upon them, but Tyvis, I want to start with you. What do you think will be the biggest difference in this defense from what you've seen, heard, talked to guys, uh, just just kind of the, the biggest change you think we'll, we'll see when these guys take the field? Well, I think that Jim Knowles has come out and he's admitted, you know, that he's made some mistakes last year calling plays and putting guys in certain situations. Um, I think that he realizes the what type of talent he has. And I think he's utilizing these guys and putting them in situations where they can often thrive. You know, the, the example that I always go to is the Jack Sawyer one, you know, putting him at that Jack position, you know, as something foreign to him. What made Jack Sawyer such a great you know, pass rusher in high school, what made him a five-star athlete was him putting his hand in the ground and getting after these quarterbacks. So it's nice that he's able to go back to that. Um, another thing that I think he's looking at now is he's he's looking at the fact that he needs playmakers on defense. So now he's creating things and creating positions so these guys can be on the field. You know, you think of Sonny Styles. You know, he's going to be on the field because he is a playmaker. He's a guy that when he gets around the ball, special things happen. And then a guy like C.J. Hicks who – he can't he might not be able to start over Tommy Eichelberg and Steel Chambers because they are, you know, two of the top two linebackers in the country. But that doesn't take away the fact that this guy has a special ability. So finding a way to get him on the field is nice. I also like the fact that at the you know, we run the three safety looks. And as of lately, you know, he's talking about sliding Jordan Hancock in there in that nickel position, you know, just to put up against some wide receivers instead of the safety type body. Because that's pretty much a mismatch in in most NFL or most football cases, a safety on a slot receiver. So getting that corner type body in there and helping out in coverage is going to be huge. But I think the most important thing is eliminating the explosive. You know, last year when he did his press conferences, he talked about he's okay with giving up explosive plays. And, you know, back in the Big 12, that's fine. You know, it's a shootout every week. But I think he learned very quickly that in the Big 10 and in big-time college football, you can't live and win games like that. Tim, I forgot to mention uh, Garage Beer. I noticed as I did the segment that on your show that you were not on yesterday. I was You're on welcome. Tito. Yeah, Tito and Austin. There's a sponsor for Beers and Buckeyes now, and it is Garage Beer. So I felt it's only appropriate to have one of these while, while we did this. Are you, um, just, are, you just giving, are you just giving them that love right there? Yeah, well, I like garage beer, so I'm yeah, just going to advocate for it. Look, if you can set up a- <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good on you. <laughs> I mean, I've drank plenty of other beers on this show, and I haven't gotten anything for that either. Yeah, so. I mean, who, whoever whoever wants to have me. I mean, I, I really love all beer when you when you really boil it down to it. But no, yeah, that was that was good. That that's that's a it's a fun segment we do, Patrick. And yeah. I'll if I'll be back. Idea. I'll be back on the next one. We just had a. 
we had a really, really busy two week stretch here where yeah. people were out. So my, I got you. no worries. I wouldn't call them my skills, but my, my body was needed somewhere else for, for the, for the couple of weeks, but I'll be seeing you on Thursday, buddy. New right. day for Patrick Murphy's beers and Buckeyes. Yeah. That'll it, be Thursday it, next week. We got to change that show. intro a little bit. The intro yeah. says we've made it to the weekend. And Thurs, Thursday's the weekend in my mind. I mean, it's fine with me, but not everybody else. Anyway, let's get back to the defense. And out of, we're, we're done with all the fall camp interviews. I know you weren't at all of them, but I'm sure you've heard pretty much everything that came out of it. On the defensive side of things, what did you hear that maybe made you most excited about this defense taking that next step? I think I got to piggyback off of what Tyva said. If you're talking about like where, what kind of buzzed, if that's what you're asking about, Patrick, maybe the the bulk of the sound bites, what I kind of gravitated towards, it it was everything <laughs> that's been said about Sonny Styles, and I'm I'm to the point now where, you know, I think Sonny Styles is going to have a major major impact on this 2023 season. It's not necessarily a as as he goes, the Buckeye defense goes, but I think you know he will be one of the big reasons why if we get you know ten games through this season and we're you know a couple weeks away from that Michigan game and we're saying to ourselves, man, that that secondary really is good. Like they're picking off a lot of passes and you know they're making plays. They're coming up and run support and forcing fumbles and really in on almost everything that the defense is doing. I think Sonny is going to be one of the guys that we are talking about heavily and saying like, this is a, this is a difference maker. This takes you from being a, you know, top 10, top 15 kind of defense to being a top five, top three kind of defense with just everything that he can do, because he's a combination of, you know, a tall guy. I mean, one of, one of Tyvis's old teammates, Richard Sherman, people thought he was too tall to be that kind of a cornerback, but it, it didn't matter. I mean, Sonny Styles is like six foot four. He's almost got more of a, outside linebacker almost defensive end kind of body type you know maybe not the the weight that he carries around but the muscle and the height that this guy has and you know Jim Knowles and you guys are seeing it in practice how this guy can you know easily handle you know coverage duties as well as coming up in the box and that's why I think they want to have him in that nickel safety spot so he can show off his versatility and Tyvis knows how big of a Steel Chambers fan I am too. I almost think it's kind of going under the radar a little bit before the season because yeah. CJ Hicks is getting a little bit of the hype and he's getting that talk as being a next guy up. But if you think about Steel and how he flip-flopped from position groups, I mean, not just pr- position groups, different sides of the football. So I think that's a I, – I, I don't think you can undersell what a challenge that is. And I, I love – I love football players where I can look at them and I think the body meets the mind and you have a guy that's almost equally committed to what he does in the weight room, to where he is mentally, to what kind of person he is, and then to what you see on the football field. And every time we've like got a, a chance to chat with Steel Chambers, seeing him out at the, the softball event that we did, this is just, he's just a different kind of guy. Like you, awesome. you spend five minutes with him and you think, man, like I, I wish you success, and I, I know you're gonna get it because you're, you're you're that kind of person. And he goes from like 47 tackles to 77 tackles or something like that in 22. Yeah. And I, I think this guy could be a, a superstar type of player because he's just getting started. And I see pretty big NFL potential with him too. So he picked off a couple of passes last year. Again, you talk about a linebacker that has versatility. That's not just a one trick pony. 
I, I think he's a trustworthy player who can tackle, who can play in space, who can blow up a play. I, I'm really excited to see what, what, what 22 does this year. I, I think it's interesting because we, we've talked about on this show a few times the impact James Laurinaitis is going to make on this defense, specifically with the linebackers. And I think that could be huge for Sonny, just working with a guy like that. And Jim Knowles, too. Obviously, we saw the, the progression those guys made last year with Jim Knowles coaching the linebackers. But now you have another guy in there, a guy who's done it. <coughs> Tyvis, uh, going off what Tim said about Sonny, and, and Mike Schaefer asked this question, can Sonny Styles at his size excel at safety? What about in the NFL? I think we all agree that he can. You can probably give perspective as to why a guy at that size, and, and maybe Richard Sherman, as Tim said, is a great example. Why can why can he do the things that he can do, even though he's he's one of the bigger guys, and, and how that projects beyond Ohio State? So Sonny Styles' body obviously it translates to the NFL because there's been many examples. You know, you think of if this guy gets even bigger, you know, you'll think he's more like a Cam Chancellor, just off of size and height and and his his physical ability to come down and and punish his, these runners. Um, I will say that the one thing that that he does need to work on a little bit is is always coverage ability because you know the days of just being a box safety you know those are kind of diminishing in the NFL um the cam chancellor types you don't really see a lot of those guys anymore because the game is becoming more spread out so as long as he's able to cover guys mainly tight ends because that's who safeties really cover is tight ends which I think he will excel at that if he could cover a tight end and still be dominant in the run game he could play in the NFL for quite some times um as less especially if he learns how to use his hands you know at a, as a young guy, even I did it. You go in there, you want to just throw that shoulder in there. And as you get older, you realize that you're much more effective with using your hands and playing with your hands. So you see the linebacker. Coach Pick actually was one that taught me that way back when I was in college. He's like, you guys got to start using your hands. And I never really trusted until towards the end of my career. So Sonny Styles, if he starts using his hands and he has the ability to cover, this man could be a, a pro bowl slash all pro type of player because he is not afraid to come up and be physical in the run game. And if he has that coverage ability could get his hand on a couple of balls and make some interceptions, that man could play in the league for quite some time. While we're on the safety position and you're obviously our resident expert on that, uh, the one position that kind of seems to still be up in the air is that free safety adjuster position from what Jim Knowles said this week, Jihad Carter in the mix there. And I think that's who most people expect to start, but he said that it's still open and Josh Proctor and uh, Malik Hartford, the freshman are, are battling there. What, what do you make of, of that job still being open Tyvis? And kind of what do you, how do you see that playing out between those guys? So I think that the reason that that is open, you got three guys, you know, you got a guy who's been in this program for five, six years, maybe. And, you know, you don't want to really he's come back for another season. Obviously, injuries kind of stopped him. You know, when he was younger, you know, this guy, his ceiling was through the roof. You thought he was going to be the next great safety. Um, so you got him coming back and you don't really want to throw him to the wayside. You want to get him involved, especially being one of the older guys in the secondary. You got Jahan Carter, who is the guy that you got out to transfer portal. You know, usually when you hit the portal, you really looking for a guy to come in, not just be a guy that brings debt, but a guy that can come in and start right away. You know, and I think that's what they're looking at with him. And then you got Malik Harford, who's a guy who's a freshman, but yet his name keeps coming up for him being around the ball, making plays. And like I just said, one thing you can't deny is you can't keep a playmaker off the field. So with those three guys, I think Jim Knowles is in a situation like which one is the right decision? You know, do I go with the guy that's the experienced vet that's been here 
through trials and tribulations, that's battled through injuries. You know, I mean, yeah, he slipped up, had some some mistakes last year, but did he correct those? Maybe he did. You know, so you think about that. Do I go with Jahan Carter, who's a playmaker? I mean, he he got his hands on. I think he has six PBUs at Syracuse. He had three picks as a safety, and he covers really well in that slot area. So that shows that he got great coverage and range. Or do I go with the freshman who I'll have for the next three to four years who he might make some some young mistakes in the beginning, but I'll still be able to work with the guy. I still have him for many years. So I think that's the the challenge that they're trying to figure out. I think that Jair Carter would probably be the guy, but you would want to rotate you know, Malik Harford in there a couple of times so he can get his feet wet because you never know what's going to happen at that safety position. So to me, if I, if it was my decision, I would give it to, I would go with Jahar Carter to start, but it would be on a rotation. You know, maybe he'd take a couple series. I get Malik Harford in there, especially in these early first three, four games before I get to Notre Dame. And then after that, once we get to Notre Dame, I may kind of make a decision of who I like best and who works best with the defense. Yeah, I think that my my assessment is Jihad Carter. You know, he ha- has had some some injury issues, did so in the spring, a little bit been banged up so far in camp. But if, if he's healthy, I think he's the guy that they're going to roll with. Uh, Tim, we, we haven't touched on the defensive line. And I think that this is a group that's really interesting this season now that you've moved to a new room uh, there in, at, over at the fan studio. Hey, these, uh, these 10 TV sports guys are loud, man. Oh, loud. I mean, I tried to go to the other side of the room, and if I unmuted that, you were going to hear Papa Shot basketball galore. I'm not saying I don't do it, too. That's just the way it is. Ty- Tyvis is the loudest. I mean, well, yeah. my he's a, God. He's a competitor. He is. He's an ultra competitor. Yeah. He, tell him. Tell him about knockout. When, when this is that. This is what Ty. This is Tyvis's uh, verbal outburst when he hits a shot and wins. You know, we're playing. You know, it's tied like three to three. He hits the last shot. Ooh wee! Yeah! And then he goes running back towards the studio. Everybody on the whole floor will hear him. Yeah, something's wrong with him. <laughs> Even though that's pretty accurate, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty spot on, wouldn't you say? And then if you lose, like on the last shot, you'll go, "Oh no way!" Can you tell that the passion and the fire is still burning? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. TV anchors come from the other side of the wall. Like, what? What's going on out here? Oh, sorry, we're. Just- just playing basketball. That's Tyvis. Anyway. That's, that's just a little insight into or behind the scenes at the 97.1 The Fan Studios over there. That You guys you guys seem to have have a good time. Uh, every time I go in there, it's everybody's just working. There's nothing happening. It's also usually in the morning, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, Tim, let's, let's talk about this defensive line. What's got you excited about those front four, which could be really – eight, nine different guys that could probably rotate in there depending on how they want to do it. But oh, yeah. what's got you excited about that group? Well, um, I'm excited about everything that we're being told and I'm ready to see it happen now. You know, we had that one Penn State game with Jalen Tuimolowau. I would have almost preferred giving that game up, like that stat line that was really fun to read and about every college football analyst that saw what those stats were, they're like pouring through their paperwork and they're saying, I don't know if a defensive performance 
performance like this has has ever existed, has ever happened before. It was the the touchdowns, the interceptions, the sacks, the forced fumble, all that. But how could that game have occurred? And then when you look at the season stats for Jalen, it's three and a half sacks all year and yep. 19 tackles all year, right? That's a that's a three-game punch for a Joey or a Nick Bosa or a Chase Young. We're looking for 12 games. We're looking for 14 games where we are having you don't you don't I'm not asking for a sack per game average, you know, a 15 sack season, that's a lot, but I'm looking for 10, I'm looking for double digits. I'm looking for double digits out of out of a Jack Sawyer or somebody else. I'm just it could be collective, but we're hearing an awful lot like you alluded to Pat that th- this is a deep group, that it's a talented group. And, you know, we, Tyvis and I did a little segment filling in for, for Rothman and Ice today under pressure. And while Tyvis and I agree, went with the Buckeye offensive line for being a group that's under pressure, I actually chose the defensive line because they have gotten a lot of talk. You've got a Tuimolo out on an AP All American preseason list. You got a lot of these guys on first round NFL draft boards, but I'm looking for that tangible production this year. I'm looking for these guys absolutely being disruptors and doing it early too. I don't think they should be excused and we should be getting into week four five or six of the season and saying like, Oh, they just are looking to, you know, get some chemistry with each other. They just need to get into the season a little bit. No, uh, uh-uh. like these guys have been here. They're experienced now, you know, Tyleek Williams needs to get it going. You know, Mike Hall jr. Is a stud, Jack Sawyer and Tui Moloau, we've talked about them. And then some of these depth guys that you'll be looking for, like Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson. So it's it's a lot of guys there. It's a lot of it's a lot to like, Pat, but I really want to see them quickly get it up to speed and be one of the dominant forces on the football team. Sage Ohio said, Hey, I listen to that show. So hey. we've, got, we've got listeners on here. Sage um, is smart and good and probably attractive too. <laughs> Tyvis, what difference does it make when you have a defensive line for the guys behind when they're disruptive like we've seen from Ohio State D-lines of the past? What difference does it make for, for you as a safety, for the corners, for the linebackers? Explain that to people who, who maybe haven't played back then. Pat, it makes your job so much fun and so much easier than what it needs to be. It's it's almost like stealing, you know, to, to sit back there and think, like I play with a guy like Joey Bosa, you know, and, and to know that, if I cover this guy for four seconds, like it it should be over. The ball should be out. And the thing about it is if you got a good defensive line, quarterbacks, their clock speeds up. And coming into the game, they kind of know that. Offensive coordinators kind of know that. You know, obviously they test it out to see if these tackles can hold up. I don't know if the tackles get beat early on in the game, quarterbacks are suffering from PTSD. Now Now they're thinking, okay, I only have like four seconds to get rid of them. Now, if I don't see nothing at the three, I got to throw this ball away. So what happens is they don't have enough time to go through their reads and their progression. As a quarterback, you got to come up to the line. You got to find, you got to first set the protection. Then you got to look at the, find out what the coverage is. Then you have to go through your, your three man progression. Number one, number two, the check down. Okay. It's hard to do all of that. If a D line is getting after you now flip it to the defensive side of the ball. If I'm playing safety or corner, last year we seen a bunch of guys like like Denzel Burke, for example. Denzel Burke got beat on a lot of balls last year just on some throwing, chucking it up there. If if he got a good pass rush, that ball comes out either early 
or it don't come at all because the quarterback will look. If Denzel Burke is in good position on the timing of the route, he's got to go to number two. He can't sit there and wait for the guy to get open because that pass rush is coming. So it's going to actually help the secondary a little bit more. That ball to come out early, which if that's the case, if it's a missed time throw, that's always a chance for a DB or a linebacker to make a play on the ball. So I think that's why this D-line is imperative that this D-line is really good because, yes, I talked to a couple of the corners. Both corners last year dealt with injuries, and, you know, they kind of got rushed in there, didn't really get a chance to heal, didn't have a lot of practice reps or game reps to get going. They just kind of got thrown in the fire after being injured. Yes, that does play a huge part in it because you need to get some momentum and some rhythm going into the season. But when the ball is in the air, you still got to be able to play it. And I think that these guys will be able to reap the benefits of a good D-line for the ball coming out early or the ball not even coming that way. It could be times where you get beat, but good thing they got a sack because the ball never came out of his hand. So that's where the D-line comes in at and erases a lot of that stuff for the passing game. You mentioned cornerbacks there. One guy that I'm excited about, and I'm going to talk about him more, but I want to hear your opinion, Tyvis. And, Timmy, you can chime in too. Davis and Igbenosin. Uh, the length of a guy like that playing corner, how different does that make it for a quarterback to try and, you know, fit the ball into a receiver? We've heard good things about how he's fitting in with the group. It sounds like they have a talented trio now instead of just a duo. What, what do you make of Davison? You know what? I like Davison. You know why I like Davison? Because Davison came in from Ole Miss. Man, he realized what – Ohio State is about what the what can happen to my career if I just potentially if I make a few plays here rather than at Ole Miss because if you think about the past of the DBs at Ohio State they've all went to the NFL and they've done fairly well I mean it was a point where they were going first round every single season so he realizes the opportunity that's here and he's come in and he's put his head down and he continued to work so much that it made a Denzel Burke or Jordan Hancock have to raise the level of their game. Because if they would have stayed where they were last year, he would have passed them right by. But I think him coming in and having that work ethic and that desire to be great and understand that what's at stake has made everybody around him in that room better because they're like, this is competition. I don't. I need to play myself. So now it's raised the level of their play. He's a guy that definitely should see some playing time. You know, like I said, they're they're flirting with putting Jordan Hancock at the nickel position, which then would make him come in. And I think he's definitely did everything he should to and deserve some time in there. It'll probably be that thing where Ohio State loves to have three corners. You know, they have their number one on one side, but they rotate the opposite side at corner. I think that'll be some of the same recipe that's going on because you would be foolish not to let Davidson Igbenosa go out there, especially with his size, with his length, and especially with his competitiveness. I mean, the guy said that he he can take on Marvin Harrison. He said, yeah, Marvin get his, but I get mine off on Marvin Harrison as well. So a guy like that that's talking like that and confident like that, it's a contagious to a whole secondary. You see Davison go out there and make plays. It make you say, listen, I, if he can do that, then I can ball on my side too. If he holding it down over there, then I need to hold it down over here. Because if he locked that side of the field down, there's only one side that they're going to go to, and that's opposite of him. So you need to know that you need to be a dog. And I think he's brought that mentality to not just himself, but to the secondary. And I'm excited to see him especially go out there and make plays. Tim, uh, I know you got to go in just a second, but I want to ask you this. If you're looking back at the end of the season on this defense, what would make it a successful defense? What, what would you need to see? I don't know if it's statistically or, or whatnot, but 
what makes a successful year for Ohio State. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, after – well, I don't, I don't even – honestly, I don't even think it matters offense, defense. If, if you don't win the Michigan game, it's not that much of a success. I mean, I, I guess we can, we can revisit it if it goes the exact same way as last year and you still get to go to the college football playoff, then we can hold off on success or failure. It's going to suck to lose to Michigan a third straight year if that's how it goes. You don't want to think that way. So, yeah, like like you kind of question it there, Pat, it's not going to be so much about the stats. I think the stats will handle itself. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, if you've made improvements off of last year, which that's what anybody would want to do anywhere, right, is take something that they started and keep improving on it year to year, then, you know, the stats will handle themselves. They'll, they'll improve in those departments a little bit. But they have to get into those big spots in big football games when they matter, I mean, Tyvis, you remember when it was a, a third down and nine or a third down and ten, and you know, you're on the road, but that offense is up against it and they they had some rhythm there. Those are the times where you need to come up with that key stop. It doesn't even have to be a turnover, but it's it's got to be a stop. Like it's it's those situations where when the moment is big and the lights are bright, you succeed more times than you fail. And we didn't see that with this team against Michigan or against Georgia. And, you know, the offense can be great, but sometimes they're going to need help. Let's be honest. Like, you can't just score 45 points in every game. That's unreasonable to think that. Like, it's okay if you're playing, you know, Indiana or, you know, Rutgers or one of the MAC opponents, Western Kentucky or Youngstown. But to think that you're just going to be able to go up there to Ann Arbor and drop 45, that's, that's not real life. So, you need to have a defense that can hold someone to 17 or 20 and then let your offense have a legitimate shot to go out there and win a football game for you and go on and be a championship team. So that's, that's really what it all is. It's all these components, all these parts that can mix together and spit out a a champion at the end. That makes sense. All right, Tim, get out of here. Tyvis, I got one more question for you and then, then you can bounce as well. Uh, thank you, Timmy. Uh, I hope to actually get to talk to you on your show next week. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. You've been gone so much this summer. <laughs> hey, man. You know, still just just want you to know, Pat. I'm still working hard, even though I, I miss you. I hear you. I want to have a beer too. I lost connection. I'm sure we you can will. hear you, Tyvis. So, All right, Timmy. Maybe you won't ask him another question, Pat. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> hey, have have a good weekend, everybody. Go Bucks. All right. Thanks, Tim. Tyvis, you still with us? All right. Well, as Tyvis figures that out, um, I want to address uh, – we'll see if he, he comes back in here, try and get him reconnected on here. Um, I want to address one of the questions here. Um, oh, here it is. It was asked by Stephen Cherry. Will the DBs turn their heads this year? I think this is always an interesting question because I know how frustrating frustrated fans get when uh, you know you don't see the DB turn their head, but there is some reason to keeping an eye on the offensive player. Now, you know, there's a time, specifically a time and a place, specifically a time when a DB should turn their head, should look for the ball, um, but there's also the the you know, watching the receiver when the receiver starts to go up, kind of shadowing the, their moment, their movements, 
um, and things like that. So I think that kind of gets lost sometimes. We got Tyvis back in here, so I'll bring him back. Tyvis, you good? Nope, maybe not. Well, we'll see if it if it reconnects there. But anyway, I, I just thought, you know, I, I hear that complaint a lot about guys not turning their heads. And I think they should do it significantly more often. Um, but, you know, there is a, a method to the madness, so to speak, of, you know, kind of watching the receiver and kind of shadowing when the receiver goes up to make a play, you know, to catch the ball. Um, it's not every time, and you certainly have to have to look back. But there is uh, there is there is a a reason that they're not every single time trying to uh, trying to turn their head. Because if if you turn your head at the wrong time, you can get beat as well. And, you know, we've seen that happen in in uh, different circumstances. So um, yeah, we're trying to get times back in here. You got it. No, oh, no, he's still okay. Well, anyway, we'll go on. If we can get Tyvis back in for one more question, we will. Um, if not, then we'll just roll on and, uh, and and go on with the rest of the show. Just gonna send him a message saying he's good if uh, if uh, he can't get back on. Anyway, um, I want to touch on, and I mentioned this off the top. I wanted to touch on the things that I am looking most forward to about the 2022 season. Um, I think there's a lot of things to be excited about. I think that uh, you, you sh- I mean, you know, we could really lit, we could do a whole podcast on things to be uh, excited about this year. And, you know, I, I think while there are certainly some questions heading into this season, uh, there should be a lot more excitement than there are concerns about this team. I think this team has the potential I was talking with um, one of the other writers the other day while we were waiting for interviews. Like this team has the potential to be really, really freaking good uh, for, for lack of a, a swear word there. Um, you know, if, if the O-line plays up to what, what they think it can now that they're through fall camp, if the defense or if the quarterback play, however it works out is, is just good enough to get the ball to all these playmakers um, you know, and, and the defense, as we were just talking about with Tyvis and Timmy, is improved and, and potentially really improved, then I think this could be a pretty special year. Now, every year, I think, with Ohio State can be a special year if things go right, right? But I, I do see that, you know, the recipe is there. Um, but specific things that I am excited about heading into this season. The first one is Travion Henderson. And if you remember back, if you paid attention to us last year, one of the things I said coming into the season, and I admit I was incorrect in this, was I wasn't buying the Mayan Williams uh, hype coming in that, that they were going to split reps. And it turned out they did. Now, Trayvon Henderson, when healthy, was still the starting running back. Uh, but Mayan Williams was playing quite a bit. And obviously, the, the season played out the way it did with, with Mayan Williams being the healthier of the two, but also kind of carrying the load. And, you know, Travion Henderson missed more games, but it was Mayan's year. So I was wrong in that. But I still think my idea going into the season was correct in that Travion Henderson was the top-ranked running back coming out of high school two seasons ago. He put together a fantastic freshman season. And from everything we've heard, both publicly and people I've talked to uh, behind the scenes, he's put together 
a ridiculous or he's, he's had a ridiculous off season. I remember during summer, during the summer, we were at uh, one of the recruiting camps. I think it was the seven on seven camp, the last camp of the year. And we were waiting there with um, Bell Fountain's team because um, Tavian St. Clair just told his team that he was about to commit to Ohio state. There were a few of us that were still standing around uh, standing there with Bill Curlick and, and some guys from some other sites and we're standing kind of in the corner of the Woody Hayes field. And Travion Henderson is out there just working. He's going, he's catching passes. He's going through this, this workout just by himself. And look, this is what you expect out of a guy at Ohio State, right? And he's not alone in doing this. We see guys do this stuff all the time after practice and, and at other points. But there's, there's a motivated player there after the way last season played out. And yeah, I, I think having a player with that much talent being extra motivated because as, as Tony Alford told us earlier this off season, he heard a lot of the criticism, um, you know, from, from around the country, from media, he saw stuff on social media from fans, from not fans, the, you know, the, it was a disappointing year and he knows that, but he's using that as, uh, as fuel to his fire. Um, you know, I remember the, the late great Kobe Bryant, whose birthday was just, uh, I think yesterday, as we record this, it would always kind of keep mental notes. And he, he talked about this uh, some during his career, but I remember hearing him talk about it afterwards, just like things in the back of the mind, you know, Kobe Bryant at one point was the best player in the NBA. He didn't need, you know, to be pushed. Right. Except that if you want to be the best, you have to continue and continue to be pushed by something. Right. You have to have those, those things to keep that chip on your shoulder, that type of thing. And I think Travion has that this year given how last year went and everything. So I'm really excited to see what he can do, especially if, if the quarterback play, and I, I think, and I'm going to get to that, I think they're going to be fine at quarterback. Uh, but if they need to lean on the run, I think as long as he stays healthy, he can be very, very good for this team. So that's one of the things I'm really excited about this season. Uh, flipping to the other side, I won't touch on this for long, but the, uh, we are, cause we already touched on it, but Sonny Styles and, We've just heard, you know, we, you know, if you saw him in high school, you know what he was in high school. If you didn't, you probably read or heard people talk about what he could be um, and what he was in high school. He comes in last year. You're, you're hearing things about him. You see bits and pieces. He was supposed to be a big part of the Georgia game, and, and obviously that didn't play out because of the injury to, to Georgia's tight end, who he was kind of designed to cover. But there's just been kind of this, this ongoing buzz about this kid, even before he committed to Ohio State. And I think most people thought he was going to be a Buckeye. Uh, now we're going to get a chance to see it. And we're going to get a chance to see it in a big way. And I think, you know, Tyvis and Timmy were both talking about him. He could be a complete difference maker in terms of how this defense is this year. Uh, he's just different. He really is. And I think that his versatility – his size, Titus was talking about that, that ability. Um, you know, he, he needs to continue to get better. This He's only a sophomore. And, you know, by, by class, remember, he reclassified. He should be entering his freshman year right now. But he's got that experience of one year under his belt. He's going to be thrown to the fire, so to speak, this year and uh, asked to do a lot. But I, I'm really excited to see him. And, and in the same vein, again, not a guy I need to talk about a ton because Titus talked about him quite a bit. But Davis and Igbenosin, um, I think Tyvis made a really good point talking about how he came from Old Miss, an SEC team, you know, a, a freshman All-SEC player. He came in and went straight to work and pushed 
the rest of that secondary, but specifically Denzel Burke, Jordan Hancock to elevate their game. I think that's important, but I think him on the field for Ohio state, he's just built differently than a lot of the corners. He's bigger. I remember the first day we went out there for spring practice and he was wearing number 20 at the time. He's wearing number one. Now, Sonny styles wore number 20 last year. He's moved to, I think it's number four. Um, I'm not good at remembering the numbers, uh, but I, I remember just being, why is Sonny Styles or why is Sonny Styles working with the cornerbacks? And it was like, Oh, the, you know, look at the roster. Oh, Sonny Styles changing numbers. Oh, that's Davis Nigmanosin. He's just, he stands out size wise. And if you're a quarterback and he's covering your receiver, you know, not only is he good in coverage, but he has that length that some other cornerbacks don't have that, you know, he could even get beat a little bit and still be able to recover because of the length, you know, his arms and his reach, you you can still knock down a pass and look, I think he's going to be really good in coverage anyway, but it, it gives him a little extra leeway if he does get beat to, to still make the play. Um, and this, this is a kid who's only a sophomore. You know, he's, he's going to be here for at least this season and next season. I think he's going to continue to improve. Like Titus said, I think he raised the level of that room and I think he's just, just super talented. Um, flipping back to the offensive side of the ball. And if you missed the beginning of the show, if you have some questions that you're still wondering about the Buckeyes, I'm going to answer uh, some of those. So if you can throw, if you want to throw those in the chat, we've got a handful of them already that I, that I've noticed come through. But if you're, if you tuned in a little late, you didn't hear that, feel free to throw some questions in there and, and I'll try and answer some of them here in just a few minutes. Uh, but going back to the offensive side of the ball, we all know what Marvin Harrison is and, and I think he can have a fantastic season. Uh, but I'm really interested in, in, excited for the potential of one of the other receivers. And I've been, I was asked on the radio the other day about like a guy who we haven't talked about much. I said, Julian Fleming, just cause I think Carnell Tate has, and rightfully so taken a lot of, of kind of the headlines and there's been a lot of buzz around him. So if Julian Fleming's healthy, I think he can have a pretty good year, but the guy I'm excited about is, is Emeka Buka. If you look at Emeka Buka stats compared to Marvin Harrison's, Last season, not a not a huge difference. Um, I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it's something like three receptions difference, uh, like 120 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not taking anything away from what Marvin Harrison Jr. did. It was a fantastic year. He deserved to be unanimous All American. But Mecca Buka was right there as as a guy who put up big numbers and was just kind of a little overshadowed by Marvin Harrison. And he was asked uh, this past week, Emeka was, you know, do you, do you feel underrated? And he said, I don't care. You know, I don't care if, if people think what they think, uh, which I think is a great attitude to have. And look, remember this was the top ranked receiver in the country coming out. Um, and he dealt with some injuries. He talked about it the past week. I wrote about it uh, battling, um, you know, he, he was talking about how is, you know, dealing with kind of lower body injuries. You have to figure out different ways. If you can't run a route the way that you normally would, because you're hurting how to get open still uh, look, if, if he can stay healthy. And I put that in quotes because as, as Marvin Harrison pointed out, no one's healthy, even going into the season with the way they do fall camp, they've already got some nicks and bruises and, and it just escalates throughout the year. But if he can stay, you know, as healthy as most of his teammates, then I'm not going to say he's going to outperform Marvin Harrison necessarily because Marvin Harrison, you know, obviously 
there's a reason he's being talked about, but I think he can be right there. Uh, you know, he pretty much was right there last season. And again, dealing with those injuries at the end of the year, I, I, you know, it, you could have the two best receivers in the country on this team. Uh, and you know, that that's, again, you talk about the quarterback, you just got to get these guys the ball, right? You, you don't have to do anything fancy. Not that you have to be a game manager, but you have those two guys. Then you throw in Julian Fleming, throw in a Mecca or throw in maybe Carnell Tate, Xavier Johnson. Um, you know, just, I'm, now I'm just talking receivers. You're in a pretty good spot there. So I'm excited about a Mecca and, and kind of what, what he can do. If he can just, you know, stay as healthy as, as, as every, anyone is at, at various points throughout the season. I think it could be pretty ridiculous. Um, kind of a, a different note, but something I'm really excited about the game at Wisconsin um, pulling up the schedule here, just so we can uh, actually exactly when it is on the schedule, but going to Madison, first of all, one of my favorite places to go uh, in the big 10, I had friends that went there in college. So I was there a decent amount. Um, we went for some Ohio state games always fantastic was fantastic as a fan covering games there thoroughly enjoy it. If you've never been to Madison and uh, camp Randall and that game's on October 27th and you can make the trip. I, I highly recommend it. That's uh, that's, that's one of my favorite, as I said, one of my favorite places to go. Then you add in kind of this interesting dynamic of Luke fickle uh, moving from Cincinnati to Wisconsin um, kind of bringing you know, a little Buckeye flavor to back to the Big Ten, but but out to Madison. Luke Fickle's been damn successful, and you know, he got Cincinnati to the college football playoff. I don't know if you have that immediate success at Wisconsin. It may take a year or two to transition into the kind of offense that they'll run. And, uh, you know, obviously Wisconsin's been very specifically built to play one way for a long time. Um, Luke Fickle's defense, Wisconsin's defense is, is usually pretty good, but you know, kind of installing that and getting them to do that. But by late October, I think some of that stuff will be pretty ingrained in, in those guys. Um, and you know, I know a lot of people have picked Wisconsin to come out of the Big Ten West. But for me, the, the motivation that he's going to give those guys, you know, he's played Ohio State when they were at Cincinnati. It did not go well. I think the, uh, the chance to do it with a Big Ten team in their house, those games were at Ohio Stadium when, when Cincinnati played Ohio State uh, is is very exciting for, for Luke Fickle, uh, for for all of Badger Nation, I guess. I, I don't know if that's what they call themselves. But I think you know, that place is going to be bonkers. It's always bonkers when Ohio State comes in. I don't think it's been officially announced yet. I know it's been reported that it's going to be a night game. I, I would assume it's going to be a night game, which only adds to – the craziness, um, you know, the, the students at Wisconsin know how to party. I'll tell you that. So uh, that place will be crazy. People come from around the state. They, they tailgate all day because they're driving into Madison from all over and, and probably beyond the state. So, you know, you add in the, the normal Ohio State, Wisconsin. And, you know, you, I know you guys are all familiar. Ohio State's had some, they've had some great games up there, but they've also had some, some rough ones. And then you, you add in the fact that Luke Fickle is going to have that team motivated It'll be, you know, a couple months into into the season. I'm really excited for that game. Um, I think it'll tell a lot about this team. That stretch, really, 
right around there, I think is going to be very interesting for Ohio state. Um, so those are the things that I'm, I'm excited about. I could make, I could do a, you know, a very long list of things I'm excited about, but those are just some of the things that, that I was thinking about earlier that, you know, if, ever, you know, just, just things I think that are going to be exciting this season, Travion Henderson, two, two DBs and Sonny Styles and Davis and Igbenosin, and then, uh, Emeka and, and that church, Wisconsin, I think, are, are all things. If you needed something to be excited about, you've got it now, though I doubt that you do. So now I want to dive into some of these questions. Um, we had someone here. We had a couple on the message board on Bucknuts. I'll go with Mike Schaefer here first because this is a topic that's obviously been uh, very much discussed throughout uh, the last, well, really all of preseason, but throughout the last couple week, or the last week, especially uh, when Ryan Day said on Monday that they still don't have a starting quarterback. Mike asked Patrick, "Your thoughts on QBs? Will this battle hurt us or benefit us in the long run?" I'm not overly concerned about the the quarterback situation. Um, I think if you look at kind of what they've said publicly, and I think Ryan Day's been very honest with us about this situation when he's spoken to the media. The they it's not that they believe that and Brian Hartline said this this week. It's not that they don't have a starting quarterback. They just don't know which one is the starting quarterback. And I think that's pretty telling. Um, because as I've said all along, I think both of these guys could go out and win games for Ohio State. You know, my concern really was the offensive line, and I think that is kind of at least we from what we're understanding, it's it's worked itself out. We'll, we'll see on that. But, um, you know, I, I don't I don't think it will necessarily hurt. Now, look, if you're going to try and juggle two quarterbacks throughout the season, OK, maybe that could be problematic. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, though. Look, I don't. It, Ryan Day didn't say they definitely would play two quarterbacks in Indiana. He said that they could play two quarterbacks at Indiana. He left the, the door open for that. There's still a chance that. You know, by the by next week, by the end of next week, one of those guys has just had two really good weeks of practice. And look, you're the starter. Go out there and put me right in that first game at Indiana. You know, be it Kyle McCord, be it Devin Brown. So look, if and if they don't, I think it's a, the schedule works out pretty well to test both guys early on. You get this Big Ten road game, which is still a pretty winnable game at Indiana, a team that doesn't project to be very good. So you get the elite, they both get the experience of going on the road, playing in a big 10 game. You get to kind of see how each of them handles that. Then you come back home for, for two games that you should win pretty comfortably. You would have probably played both of those guys anyway in those games. And you get to kind of iron out some things and you, you have that time before Notre Dame. And to me, the Notre Dame game is when you have to have a, a guy in place or at least a plan in place. If you want, you know, if you think, you can do Kyle McCord as your starter, but Devin Brown's going to come in for certain plays or packages, things like that. Look, I'm not a huge fan of that unless I'm playing the, the NCAA video game because that's not real football. That's fun, and, and you know, I control it. But I think if, if, if they can come up with a good plan that makes Notre Dame have to prepare for both quarterbacks and they do some different things and it's creative and it causes problems and, and whatnot, then – and maybe that works, maybe. But I think by that Notre Dame game, you at least have to have a plan. I think you would have to have picked one of those guys to go with and say, hey, you're the guy. 
lead us to a win in South Bend. Um, but to me, no, I don't think the fact that they haven't named a starting quarterback is, is going to hurt them. Um, and even, you know, the fact that, you know, say it's Kyle McCord, just for the sake of this argument, say it's Kyle McCord that ultimately ends up being the guy. You know, if you're playing Devin Brown here these first three weeks, that's experience Devin Brown doesn't have, right? And if you just named Kyle McCord and, and you only play Devin Brown in garbage time, you know, he doesn't get that experience. So if he's getting to play meaningful snaps, you know, Kyle McCord, in theory, if he has a good season and if he's named the starter, again, this is hypothetical, he could leave after this year. And, you know, you, you probably want Devin Brown to have some experience, right? So maybe it is a benefit in the long run to, you know, have them both play, even if you, you do have an idea um, or if one guy does start to pull ahead here. But, um, you know, again, I've said this all offseason. When it comes to quarterback decisions, I'm going to trust Ryan Day on this. And while I do think this is obviously, um, you know, kind of the first real quarterback situation he's had to deal with, at least as a head coach, um, and really first in college because, you know, Dwayne and Joe were battling, but Michigan, the Michigan game, Dwayne had come in and played so well that he he started a little bit ahead, maybe more than a little bit ahead um, because of Joe's injury. You know, Ryan tried to make Justin Fields and Chris Chuganoff and Gunnar Hoke a uh, – sorry, my dog is uh, – my dog's barking. I thought I tired her, up, tired her out enough before this, but he tried to make the Justin Fields, Gunnar Hoke, uh, Chris Chuganoff thing real. It never was. And then C.J. Stroud, I mean, by the end of spring, I think everybody knew he was going to be the starter. You know, he had beaten out Jack Miller. Uh, Kyle McCord was a freshman. So, so this is really the first time we're seeing Ryan Day have to go through this. And, and you know, it's a learning experience for him too, right? So, uh, but I trust Ryan Day with quarterbacks to uh, to make the right decision until he doesn't. That's kind of the, the way I'm looking at it. Uh, let's go on to the next one here. Uh, asked Patrick, since you're talking about defense, who's your choice to lead the team in interceptions this year? That's a good question. It really is because uh, no cornerbacks had interceptions last year, something that is very much on the mind of the cornerbacks right now coming into the season. Uh, there were some safeties, some linebackers, obviously JT to him allow. Uh, if I had to pick one guy, and this is just off the top of my head, I haven't given this extensive thought. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Denzel Burke. Um, I think he's in for a really big year. As we were talking about earlier with Davis and Igbenosin, who I also like, and it's very much a, a, a possibility to do that. Um, I think his ability to raise or his Igbenosin raising everyone else's level has, has pushed Burke kind of up to where he should be at this point in his career. I, I saw firsthand him make some plays when we were out at practice. I've heard some really good things about, what he's done. Um, he was the first one to say that they were well aware of the fact he said his goal was five or six interceptions this year. I think that's potentially, you know, I think that's very realistic if he has the year that he's capable of um, interceptions, I think are, are kind of fluky. And Tim Walton talked about this. Like, first of all, the ball has to go your way. Right. So if, if Denzel Burke is just in great coverage all year, then guys don't throw his way. Well, he's not going to get many interceptions, right? So um, this isn't a, you know, I'm not saying that he, he won't be in good coverage. I think he will. But, you know, I think teams will, will try and go to their wide receiver one, uh, 
even if they are in good coverage at times. And I think that's when he has the opportunity. But I think he would be my first choice, um, kind of an, an off-the-wall choice. I'd go – a guy like Lathan Ransom is interesting to me. Um, obviously, a guy who you know, had that big mistake – mistake is not the right word, but was involved in the play where he probably shouldn't have been matched up on, on the Georgia receiver in the playoff game. He's a guy who I think really wants to kind of redeem himself and you know, making plays this year would not surprise me if he's he's getting getting his hands on the ball more than maybe people would expect. But uh, maybe he doesn't lead the team in interceptions, but maybe he surprises some people with with what he gets. Let's see what we've got next here. Um, have this this from uh, Chris Sadler. Have all starters on the D line been named? Uh, no, I mean, look, I think we pretty much know. You know, they they don't put out a depth chart anymore, right? Um, I just did a story on Bucknuts today. Actually, the last two days I did depth chart. Yesterday, offense. Today, defense. Uh, so there's, there is, you know, I think that you you know that the starting defensive ends are going to be JT Tumalau and Jack Sawyer. You know that Mike Hall, when healthy, is going to start. And then my projection for the the other defensive tackle was. Um, Taiwan Malone, the transfer from Ole Miss. But frankly, I don't think it matters who starts. Larry Johnson's going to rotate. He's always rotated. Ryan Day talked about maybe rotating less. But if they have the depth and they like the guys, they're going to rotate. So, you know, if, if, if it's Taiwan Malone and Mike Hall, Ty Hamilton and Tyreek Williams are still going to get in there. You know, any combination of those guys. I do think the ends are a little different because I do think JT and Jack are, you know, a step above maybe uh Caden Curry and, and Kenya Jackson. Maybe that changes throughout the course of the year. I don't know. Um, but the 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 way it plays out for me, like, you know, who's out for the first snap, I don't think that matters as much as, you know, who may who who's in there to make the plays. And I think and I wrote about this uh on Thursday. This defensive line has taken this mentality. Larry Johnson talked about hunting in a pack. Um Tyleek Williams talked about in the past, maybe they've, they've been too individualistic, had guys who are thinking too individually. Now they're a group and they're trying to, you know, really stress that mentality. And I think that's really interesting. Like, I don't think they care who makes plays. I don't think they care who starts. I think they just, they want to be a factor in winning football games. Right. And so that that's what matters to them. Um, so no, they have not officially named starters on the D line. I don't think we'll, we'll really know until um, they run out there, but I think you can, you can, make a pretty good educated guess um, on that. Uh, got another one here. How well will the, uh, I heard this is safety driven defense. So will the safeties lead us? Well, we touched on this a little bit earlier with kind of the, the, the secondary in general, but the, the, the safety, if the safety group is what I think it will be, which is Sonny Styles at the nickel, uh, and Jim Knowles said maybe he'll call that the strike position. Um, the Lathan Ransom at the bandit. And then I think Jihad Carter at um, the adjuster or free safety. Look, I think that's a pretty good group that can really, really, I mean, lead the defense is, is an interesting way to put it. Um, I think they will, I think they can be very good for sure. Um, you know, those are, that's a that's a five star recruit, a kid who's played a lot in Sunny Styles, kid who's played a lot of football and played well at Syracuse. 
in Jihad Carter, and then Lathan Ransom, who coming off a broken leg in the Rose Bowl had a pretty good year last year. And then you've got some depth there as well. Um, and, you know, you can do some different things. So I think the, the safeties can be pretty good. Um, and then we had, I think we covered the rest of those questions. We had, uh, let me look on here. We had a question on Bucknuts. Can you talk about the quarterbacks and Sonny Styles? Well, I think we've done that. Um, when you do the defense too deep, could you separate the positions into identifiable positions, cornerback assignments, def- defensive tackles, linebackers? Um, yeah, so I can touch on that a little bit before we get done here. The So the cornerbacks, the way I think it will go will be Denzel Burke, at kind of the boundary corner, the number one corner, and then Davison Igbenosin or Jordan Hancock as the other corner. Um, and obviously Jordan Hancock can then play as a slot corner, nickel, whatever you want to call that position. Um, that's kind of how I see that playing out. Um, the different defensive tackles, um, I think if, if you're talking – and the thing that Ohio State has done – mostly is is they don't differentiate too too much um you know guys played you know like a guy like mike hall played both positions last year just kind of depending on what they need but like for me and i've talked to some other guys on the beat about this like he's the three technique opposite the nose guard um and i think you you then put uh, a taiwan malone or um one of the other guys there as the as the nose guard i think that's the important thing though mike hall to me better as a three technique than he is at, at the nose guard position. Um, the linebackers, I think, you know, they, they only play two, so it's pretty easy. It's the steel chambers position is the will and uh, Tommy Eichenberg is the Mike. Now they do put Cody Simon in there as a Sam linebacker at times when they're playing bigger teams, but that kind of takes out the nickel. So yeah, I think that those are pretty, pretty self-explanatory, uh, especially when you're only playing two of those guys the you know the the mic is going to be the guy in the middle you know the middle linebacker um that's kind of the leader of the defense and then the will kind of can can move around a little bit if needed um so that's kind of how i see those breaking down okay well this is the last buck nuts happy hour of the offseason next week when we do this We'll be talking about a game on Saturday, which I think is very exciting. Uh, my hope is, I haven't confirmed it yet, to have somebody from our Indiana site on to, to discuss kind of the Indiana perspective, what they've been up to this offseason, expectations, all that good stuff. So that's that's the hope. Um, and we'll, we'll be talking about the game. Uh, stay tuned to Bucknuts, obviously. Throughout next week, we will get Ryan Day and I think it, probably Jim Knowles, maybe a player, on Tuesday uh, at the normal press conference time, early afternoon. Then Wednesday night, we have players in the evening. So that's kind of how the coverage will play out. And then Ryan Day does his radio show on Thursdays at noon, which followed by the, the kind of lightning round he does on Zoom with us. So if you're kind of planning when, you know, we try and publish stuff throughout the day. So I don't think you have to, to plan for specific things. But um, if you're kind of planning on when things are going to happen, that is the schedule as I understand it. Um, heading into the year, nothing really different from from what we've done the past couple of years. So, Buckeye fans, thank you. Um, if you're not already, this is a great time to to join Bucknuts. Um, so much, so much is going on, and uh, we're trying to cover it all. Recruiting, uh, you know, High State just landed another five star prospect in Edric Houston uh, last this past week. 
the, the recruiting is not slowing down. Bill Curlick does a great job. So if you're not a Bucknut subscriber, I recommend it. Uh, if, if you, if you love football, you get access to the full two, four, seven sports network as well, which, which I think is a pretty cool feature. And, uh, you know, I think we do a pretty good job, but I think the network as a whole does a great job. Anyway, thank you guys. Thanks to Tyvis. Thanks to Timmy for coming on. I think Tyvis always brings great insight. I love, I wish he's so busy. I wish I could have him on every week to talk about the defense. He talked about the offense too, but you get to see him on BTN this year, which is pretty cool for him. Pretty cool for us. So I'm excited for next week. I'm excited for this season. I hope you will enjoy the ride with us on the Bucknuts happy hour throughout the year. And uh, cheers, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.